Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always is my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? I'm fine, Adam. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. How was your week? It was long. Yes, yeah, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it for was. Reason, for reasons I can't get into right now, it, it was long. Yeah, it most certainly was. Um, plus, it was you know one of the most probably the most important Jewish holiday this week. Yep, that's also true. But you, uh, did, your, you did your fast and you're done. Yep. The only other uh, food-related Jewish holiday that I hate that's coming up is Passover because it's hard to not eat bread, leavened bread. It's hard. Oh, it's, it's very really hard. hard. It's very, very, very hard. I mean, I once broke Passover eating an ice cream sandwich. When I was little. That's okay. You were a little though. I was like mid bite. I was like, my parents were like, wait a minute. Is that kosher for Passover? I was like, I don't know. So I looked, I looked at the box as I, and it had like flour and stuff in it and yeast. I was like, ah, shit. Oh, this is the most ridiculous thing. Welcome to fasting. Welcome to fasting 101. Well, it's funny. I think in uh, more religious households, you have to burn your bread. Like before Passover starts. Yes. Yes. That I do. That I do know that that is a thing. But I mean, if you get really, really, really religious, you could be like, like if you're making matzo ball soup and like a little fleck of bread falls into it, then you have to throw the whole thing out. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, how are you doing, Bird? I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, it's uh, it is early Friday morning, so I'm still trying to like get my my bearings together. But um, yeah, I, I it was an okay week, and now here we are talking about week talking about week two. The Giants fucked themselves last night, so that's that that's always great. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because you you rooted for mutual destruction. And oh, I was yeah. absolutely rooting for mutual for mutually assured destruction. No, no doubt about it. But you you almost got it. You basically got it, honestly. I think I was pretty successful in what I was hoping for, given that the Giants and their seventy two million dollar receiver was going at it with their franchise quarterback on the bench, quote unquote franchise quarterback, quote unquote franchise quarterback. Everything that I could have hoped for in terms of a Giants fan and their assured sadness, I got it. I got it. Yeah. You know, but it, it is short bad. lived. Short lived because if Dallas goes to 0 2, then I'm in the same boat of sadness as Giants fans. Yes. Um, it's true. Uh, it's funny because when you have, when Giant, when you have like Rich Samini, Saying, man, that's a brutal way to lose. That's how you know you lost in a brutal fashion. Mm-hmm. Man knows Rich Samini, a brutal way to lose. Rich Samini has seen it all. That is true. That is true. All right, let's get into this game. Um, you know, the stat line looks... The stat, the stat line doesn't give this game justice. Because this game was sloppy as hell. There were so many drop passes, it was ridiculous. 
Oh yeah. You no, know, this game, this game was, if you were looking for something that was going to be clean textbook, proper football, this was not it. This was not it. I mean, JD McKissick almost gave the game away basically where like on the, I think it was the second to last, or maybe it was even the last drive where he just like everybody had, it's like everybody had butterfingers in this game. It was great. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Every, everyone did have butterfingers except for Terry McLaurin. It kind and of seemed like Humphreys that one time. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I mean, Adam Humphreys had a quietly very productive night. I mean, Terry McLaurin had a great night, and I don't think that's really much of a surprise because Terry McLaurin is really, really, really good. Um, I know I know a few people that were texting that texted me last night about Terry McLaurin and whether or not they were going to start him. And my answer was pretty simple. I said I was just kind of like, yes. I don't know why there's even a debate. And I know Jared did not start Terry McLaurin. And it is TBD as to whether or not uh, he's going to look smart or look like an absolute idiot for doing so. He's, he's starting Antonio Brown over Terry McLaurin. I would not have done that. Terry McLaurin, for me, was a top 15 play. Antonio Brown is a top 30 play. So we're going to see who's right on that one, but I think Jared made a mistake. I mean, I would rather have the sure option with Terry McLaurin. Agreed. Because AB is going up against the terrible, terrible Falcons defense, but AB is not the first option in that offense. But also that game, that game by itself could be over with very, very quickly. And then what happens? And then what are you left with, with Antonio Brown? That's that's also part of the problem that I that I had with that with that decision. Close games are the best for fantasy. Uh, yes, close games or the biggest Shoot blowouts us. where you're on the end of the team that got blown out. So that way you're going with garbage time. Yeah. Or if you have the running back on the team that's winning. Right. Correct. Um. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that I guess. Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay don't have the chemistry yet. I mean, I, I think it's I don't fair know. to say. Because, listen, the, the targets were there. You know, eight targets, but Kenny Galladay only had three catches on those eight targets. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Galladay had a tough night. He was he was blanketed throughout. And, I mean, just based on in Daniel Jones's mind, it just kind of looks like that Sterling Shepard is the – 1A, 1B-ish receiver for this offense, and that's not Kenny Galladay being paid as a number one. He's not the far and away number one. He's not. It really Kenny, is Galladay like seems like he's, Kenny Galladay seems like he's the number two at this point. I mean, I guess if you're if you're, if you're taking away 1A, 1B, then yeah, it looks like Kenny Galladay could be the number two. No, I think, well, I think it's, it's Shepard and Slayton if this game is anything to go by, it's Shepard and Slayton, and then it's Galladay. I would put Galladay over Slayton because last week Slayton was nowhere to be found. So, for me, I'm I'm still. They paid Galladay for a reason. He's there. I mean, the, the the biggest argument that I that I heard was it doesn't really matter who Kenny Galladay gets along with right now because Daniel Jones won't be the quarterback next year. 
and that is a fair point. Yeah, but you still have to worry about it this year if you have Ken- if you drafted Kenny Galladay. Uh, well, if you drafted Kenny Galladay and and he is his former his production levels are of utmost importance to you, then I would say you're probably in trouble, and I would look to get out as quickly as you can. Yeah, I mean you're not going to get much. I don't unless people yep. are very optimistic. You get an optimistic Giants fan or an optimistic Lions fan who's like, oh, I remember Kenny Galladay when he was scoring a bunch of touchdowns in 2019. I'll take him. You are not getting much no. from Kenny Galladay from this point forward, and you should probably be looking to get out of that with for whatever you possibly can. You could probably say the same thing about Saquon Barkley too. I was gonna, I was gonna go there next. I mean, it's just like if the Giants are going to be in these kinds of games where they're going to be throwing all the time, if Daniel Jones is going to be throwing 32 times a game and Saquon Barkley isn't going to get as much. I mean, Daniel Jones, you know, holding calls be damned, could have had a, a really big day. Well, I'll put, I'll put it this way. Saquon Barkley had 57 yards last night. Correct. 41 of them came on one run. Yeah. So you take away that big run, that big run from Saquon Barkley. It's not a good night again. 12 carries for 16 yards. That's yeah, what it, it would be. Yeah. It could be something like that. You, t- you, you it, no, it's not, not even something like that. That it is, is that. that is it is that. that. Is. That's math. Yeah. No, that's math. That That is math. And you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, okay, what the fuck did I just do? Why did I just start Saquon Barkley? Why did I take him? But the good news, the good news with Barkley is, if there if there is any, is that he has 10 days off now where he gets to rest, he gets to refocus and be ready to go. Will that help him? I don't know. But that is the the, the, the positive way of thinking when it comes to to Barkley but I mean it just comes down to two things one it doesn't it comes down to hey he he doesn't look good he doesn't look good at all and then number two it comes down to the Giants offensive line being absolutely terrible so and they just had another player go down right neither one of those things helps with yeah also I mean Saquon Barkley's saving grace his PPR upside is non-existent it's non-existent. Three targets in the first two games, respectively. And he's come down with one catch and two catches. So, yeah, not good. Not good if you're uh, if you're Saquon. Yep. You know, before we get into the games, and we're going to do something different here with the preview, I have a question for you. I saw yes, that... but I do want to talk about one okay. more thing before we, before yeah. we uh, go. So... Do you, do you want to ask me a question first? Do you want me to just go on? Because it's about the game from last night. Okay. it's My question is not about the game from last okay. night. It's about right. like I, I just want to say football thing. Perfect. I want to say one thing. Um, Antonio Gibson. Anybody who has Gibson, anybody who's pissed off about the McKissick touchdown, it happens. It happens. I mean, you're in a much better spot than anybody that owns Saquon Barkley. So I would say keep rolling with it. Keep. Keep it up with 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 Gibson. I'm not 
totally concerned about it. Just beware that there are people who are going to try and get Gibson on the cheap. And you should not be selling Gibson for anything more, for anything less than than a second round pick. So just keep that in mind. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. He had a pretty nice day, I think. I think he had a, a wonderful day. I would say it was quite nice. Yeah. Okay. Just quite a, yeah. quite a nice day. Quite a nice day. Okay. So my question is this, I saw this yeah. on um, R slash fantasy football and I wanted to know your opinion on it. Okay. So it was, it was very controversial. A lot of people responding to it saying that this guy, that this person was like an idiot for saying it. So you know how we always preach that we handcuff our running backs. We do. So this person said, you should handcuff other teams running backs instead of handcuffing your own. Yep. So you like you take Alexander Madison and you don't have Delvin Cook or you take Darrington Evans and you don't have Derrick Henry. Yeah. I mean that's so that's a strategy. I mean so like yeah it's not it's not one that I necessarily would go ahead and do, but is it a strategy? Yes. I mean, sure. this is more of a discussion for like before the draft, before drafts and stuff like that. But I just saw it come across my timeline on Reddit. And I was like, what the fuck? I've never heard this, but admit it kind of, I could see the merits because basically you're hoping that somebody you're hoping that like the start running back gets injured and then you have an rb3 who can potentially you have a flex that can be an rb1 potentially depending on the handcuff that you have or you're hoping that the person that needs that cuff is going to overpay to get said cuff and you're getting value you're getting return on your investment which is a sizable one at that like i I rarely even seen that i rarely saw that mentioned a great example of that could be this week, I made a trade in one of my leagues to trade Clyde because I just wanted out of Clyde. I, I no, no thanks. Clyde, AJ Dillon, and Tevin Coleman for Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Granted, I made that trade bearing in mind that I had AJ Dillon, and the guy I was making the trade with is the Aaron Jones owner. Yes. And it's kind of like how Jake has Alexander Madison and he doesn't have De- and Delvin Cook is not on his team. Correct. I'm surprised that there have not been any sort of discussion there about, about making a trade for Alexander Madison. I'm quite frankly surprised. Speaking of which, actually, we should probably update the listeners, our listeners, about what happened in the Cologne League because our, our trade was rejected. As expected. As expected. Mm-hmm. But uh, we might end up putting in a, another request after we come off the air. So, yeah, we and we still set we still set a lineup for uh, for the call. So at the end at the end of the program, we'll uh, we'll set our lineup for uh, for the call, and we'll be good to go. Yep. All right. So. Are you done with this game? Or are we done with this game? You yeah, want to talk I'm about? Good. I'm good. All right. So the way that we're going to do this this week, and if this works, then we're going to do this for all the weeks in the future. 
because previews and reviews take a long time. Uh, we're not going to go game by game anymore. And we're just going to talk about your favorite, our favorite um, plays for the week. And whether that be the guys that you know, or guys that are under the radar for streams and things like that. So let's start off here with the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an interesting position this week because there's, I think there's a lot that's going on. Um, and I'm going to try and not be so, I guess, basic. Obvious. So it's like Patrick Mahomes, stardom. You know, that, that's that's not fun. I want to be sort of outside the realm of thinking. So like one guy who's like a start of the week, you have to be starting him and then one sit of the week. And that's where maybe Patrick Mahomes will come into play. Hint, he's not going to. You're starting Patrick Mahomes. You spent a third round pick on him. You're going to start him. But in any event, um, I was about to say, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're going to tell people to start Patrick Mahomes or sit Patrick Mahomes? No, 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 no. Uh, the start of the week for me at the quarterback position, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Monday night against the Detroit Lions, there are people who are dropping Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I just want people to just stop what they're doing and listen to me for one minute. Not an ESPN anyway. ESPN, he's owned 98. I saw late this week where Aaron Rodgers was dropped for Jared Goff. A two quarterback, two QB league. Aaron Rodgers was dropped for Jared Goff. Who is the owner of Goldfish? Someone whose defense was he thought that Aaron Rodgers was done. That's with no information. Just off of a hunch. Oh, that's not good. No. Why would you do that? No idea. But the bottom line is do not go out and drop Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a top six play for me this week. Monday night football against the Lions. I think Jared Goff is an excellent play. I'm not saying that he's not going up against the Packers, who just got absolutely torched by Jameis Winston. Great quarterback. Hey, one, of listen, the, one of the best quarterbacks. Jameis Winston got eye surgery. That's like in Major League when Charlie Sheen took off his glasses and then he could throw straight. That's what happened. Correct. That is exactly what happened. Or he put um, on glasses and he could throw straight. Please start Aaron Rodgers where you have him. Don't be concerned about it. It's bad. It was a bad week last week. You move on. Monday Night Football at home at Lambeau versus the Detroit Lions, who just lost a number one quarterback. Please start Aaron Rodgers. He's the start of the week. The sit of the week, and this is this is one that might raise some some eyebrows here. Patrick Mahomes? No, not Patrick Mahomes. Not Patrick Mahomes. Um. I'm going with Ryan Tannehill against the Seahawks. And I just have some concerns about Titans as a whole. Well, on the road in Seattle too. Yeah. And I I think that's one that I would love to stay away from if I possibly can, while understanding that the Seahawks defense is not exactly the best. I mean, the Titans just absolutely laid an egg last week. And something just kind of tells me that, you know, this is more hunch more than anything else that, the Titans are going to just go back to basics. 
they are going to really focus on trying to get their offense started with the running game. And of course that is Derrick Henry. So for me, I just don't know what kind of, what kind of matchup or what kind of performance is really going to be coming from, from Ryan Tannehill. So he's a guy that I think I'd be looking to sit uh, wherever I can and, and stream of the week. If I had to choose one, um, there's two that I absolutely love this week. It's Teddy Bridgewater at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, for me, that's a five-star matchup. I mean, you, you start him. I mean, let's just not forget Tyrod Taylor just completely torched Jacksonville last week. Yeah. The Jaguars are in trouble and Teddy Bridgewater for me rolling in there. Yeah. That, that, that's a stream I'm looking at. And then Jameis Winston against, against Carolina, get used to it. I'm going to say it a lot. Jameis Winston for me is a, is an excellent, excellent stream this week. And then if you want one more, one more that's off the uh, the beaten path a little bit, um, I would say Mac Jones against the New York Jets is, is, is a great one. Teddy Bridgewater is the most available, is the best, most available quarterback out there, at least in ESPN. He's available. I mean, he's rostered in 13.4% of leagues in ESPN. Mm-hmm. That's criminal. He's mostly, he's mostly a two quarterback. Um, super flex, which is fine, which which is fine. I mean, I, I wouldn't, the way I think about it is, you know, if, if you're going to be rostering Teddy Bridgewater, there have, there has to be 20 guys that are better than Teddy Bridgewater. And in most, most leagues, I would say that there are 20 quarterbacks that are better than Teddy Bridgewater. And it's when you start going into super flex and, and two quarterback is when, you know, Teddy Bridgewater should be on like, this past week in my in my uh, superflex, Teddy Bridgewater was just picked up this week. Well, listen, people own more people own Tua than pe- more people own Kirk Cousins or yeah. Mac Jones or even Derek Carr than they do uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Well, I do own Kirk Cousins, and for me, it's very simple. It's like Kirk Cousins has been. Somehow, some way, somehow, he's found a way to be a top 12 quarterback week in, week out for the last four years. More people own my boy, Zach, than Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of homers out there. A lot of homers. New York is a big place. New York, New Jersey, and Utah are big places. Apparently. Um, More people own Trey Lance. Uh, All right, I'm done. But I'm just saying. Yep, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater is universally available. And you, if you need a streamer for this week, if you're in trouble, go pick up Teddy Bridgewater. It's it's kind of like you know, if you own Ryan Tannehill and you need a you need a stream for this week, Teddy Bridgewater is a great one. Um, for me, if I want to talk about players that I'd be starting or sitting, um, I think that Jalen Hurts is a really good start going up against the 49ers. Oh yeah. Um, you know, he's really shown that he's, well, at least week one, but it's like Jalen Hurts has really shown that he's grown as a quarterback since his like little audition in his rookie year. Dual threat. Dual threat, rushing rushing upside. Mm -hmm. Is that the, like the fourth rule of fantasy football now is pick quarterbacks with rushing upside? It might be. It might be. Fourth or fifth rule. Whatever we're up to. Well, he's he is that guy. I mean, 
He's my other quarterback in the uh, in the Superflex. It's Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins. Um, and then a quarterback that I would sit is probably somebody like – I mean, Ryan Sandhill is a good shout because that going to Seattle is, di- is different now because you're going there with fans. Yes. You're going to – I forget what they're called, what the field's called now. But – Questlink Field or something like that? CenturyLink? Is it still called CenturyLink? I thought it was something. I think they changed it. I'll let you know. It's a great great arena in FIFA, by the way. It is. It is. Lumen. Lumen Stadium. That's what it is. Lumen Field. Lumen Field. Whatever. That's the one. Lumen Field. That's the one. Yeah, first it was uh, first the Mariners changed their ballpark to T-Mobile Park instead of Safeco Field, and now this. That's true. And the Giants changed their field to Oracle Park instead of AT and T Park. It's weird, man. It's it is very weird. And the Brewers they changed their field. They're Ameri- It's the American Family Field instead of Miller Park. Awful. awful. Truly awful. Can't do it. Truly awful. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it's a t- it's it's a tough place to play again. You know, here's the thing that we didn't have to think about last year, but we have to think about it this year: is home field advantage in places like Seattle mm-hmm. and Kansas City. Yes, with with fans back. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a serious consideration. It has to be. Absolutely 100% has to be. And honestly, I wouldn't sit Lamar Jackson, but I'd be interested. I'm interested to see. I'm really tuning in to that Sunday night game to see how Lamar Jackson bounces back from last week. Oh, that Sunday night game is going to be good. Sunday night game is going to be really really, good. Against a really, really good Chiefs defense. Yes. Yes, it's a very good Chiefs defense. But, uh, it, I mean, if he does perform, do you think it's, like, time to p- hit the panic button No, for him? No. No, I, 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 me personally, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't be ready to hit the panic button yet. But would it be, would it be time for you to start exploring, potentially getting another option in there off of your waivers when – Probably you didn't have another quarterback on your roster just because you know you drafted Lamar Jackson and you thought that was your end all. Yeah, it might be time to add somebody else, but is it time to just sit Lamar Jackson? No, 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 no. No, I'm not. I, me, pers- me personally, I'm not there yet. By the way, here's a fun stat for Aaron Rodgers and the Monday night game. You want to know his career stats against the Lions? Uh, a lot of a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, not many interceptions. So he's played twenty-two games against the Lions in his career. Yes, his pat he has a passer rating of one hundred and six point two. Quite good. With five thousand six hundred and sixty-two yards, forty-six touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Jesus. I was going to say, based on anecdotal evidence, that Aaron Rodgers always torches the Lions, but this is stats. Yeah. He torches the Lions. 
and it helps coming off of a loss when the world is panicking and falling apart around him that now Aaron Rodgers comes out and calms everyone down and reminds people that he's Aaron fucking Rodgers. Yep. I I will say if anybody is panicking about Aaron Rodgers, go make a trade, go make a trade right now. Yeah. Can you, Matt, you could potentially have, if you, you can have Aaron Rodgers and another guy and another good guy. Like, I mean, if Jake was stupid, which he is not, we could have Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert as our two quarterbacks. Right. But unfortunately, we're not in a two QB. No. And Jake is not stupid either. No. No, he is not. Jake he is, is not. No. He's a smart fantasy football player. Um, do we play him again this year? Uh, yeah, I think we do. Oh. Fantastic. I was going to say, like, we could have been – we could have just missed him. But nope. No, still- I'm pretty sure we're in the same division. So – because we are in same division, um, we play him again. Yep, that's right. Oh, I can see this. Yes, we do. We play him in week 10. Okay. All right. We'll see you. We'll see you in week 10 there, Jake. Yes, we'll see you in week 10 there, Jake. All right. So let's move on to running backs here. And like with quarterbacks, we're not going to be too obvious. So, you know, oh, well, you should start Christian McCaffrey against the Saints. (laughs) Duh. Yes, please. Please start Christian McCaffrey against the Saints if 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 you needed confirmation on that one. So what do you got here? Uh, Start of the week for me, I'm going with Nick Chubb going up against the Texans at home. I think this is probably the week the Texans do come back to earth. And we realize that the Texans are absolutely terrible. And this is just, this just has big week for Nick Chubb written all over it after a monster week one performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. I could see him coming out and having another really, really big time performance for anybody that owns him. So, yeah, Nick Chubb, who is a top five play for me this week, I am all over that. Nick Chubb is start of the week for me. Sit of the week. James Robinson going up against the Denver Broncos. I really don't know what the hell is going on in Jacksonville and why Urban Meyer has this thing against James Robinson, but it it, it is a big problem for anybody who drafted him in maybe the third round that now you have a running back that quite frankly does not have the trust of his coach. And for whatever reason, I don't understand it personally. But the fact of the matter is the guy had eight touches and was out-touched by Carlos Hyde. So that's a major, major, major problem. Adam, did you have something that you wanted to say? No, I'm saying I raised my hand because I am one of those guys that drafted James Robinson. Oh, okay. Uh, that's and, right. I forgot about that. And then I'm playing I'm playing it this week, so that's good. That's good. Go ahead, Adam. Start James Robinson. Start him. Um, I'm very conflicted. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably starting Chris Carson. Over James Robinson. I think and you should start James Robinson. I think you should start. Great guy. My, um, my one conflict is between uh, Miles Gaskin and Jamal Williams for flat, at flex. Well, I wish you the best of luck in that endeavor. Yes. I know you're not going to help me because we're playing Absolutely each other. Not. not a chance. Not a, not a chance to help. Um, and then a sleeper sort of off the radar pick this week. 
Uh, I'm going to go with James White against the New York Jets. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to beat that drum again. I said Mac Jones before I'm a sleeper pick. So I'm, I'm, I would go with James White here. I'm not going to say James White. I'm going to take it back just because I did say Mac Jones. So I'm going to take it back, and I'm going to go with Jamal Williams going against his former team, the Green Bay Packers, at, at Lambeau on Monday night. I'm going with Jamal Williams, a little Jamal Williams revenge game. James Robin. I mean, uh, Jamal Williams revenge game. Fun Jamal stuff. Jamal Williams revenge game, which is a decision that we have to make for the, uh, for the couple. We so, we certainly do. One of my favorite plays of the week actually is David Montgomery going up against the Bengals. I hope you're right. Cause I do have David Montgomery somewhere. So, well, I hope you're right about the Jamal I, I Williams right. thing. What's that? I hope you're right about the Jamal Williams thing, too. Me, too. Me for too. our sake and for the sake of my other team. Yeah. I, I hope I'm correct, and I hope you are correct on David Montgomery. Because the matchup, the matchup says that it should be fruitful for David Montgomery. I mean, I, have, I do have Montgomery's top team play this week. Um, and I'm really, really hoping that that Oh, pans out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, David Montgomery did really well against the Rams. This is going, excuse me. If you drafted David Montgomery, then you're, you know, clock's ticking before Tariq Cohen comes back and David Montgomery is relegated to the commit to the, the big committee in the sky. True. And so you got to use it or lose it. Yes, and in this case, I think David Montgomery, he's someone that if he if he has a great week and he scores, you know, he's someone that you could maybe trade if someone's panicking about the Antonio Gibson, if someone's panicking about Saquon Barkley. Me personally, I wouldn't be trading for Barkley, but if you like Barkley, then that's your prerogative, not mine. But or if somebody's panicking about like somebody drafted DeAndre Swift and they're panicking about that. Why would they be panicking about DeAndre Swift? DeAndre Swift had a great week. He did have a great week, but he's always but he's like always injured. And you don't know what the the committee situation is there with him and Jamal Williams. Me personally, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't be crazy about taking it on. I don't know what the sell-on value is also with Swift. Swift, Swift is a tricky one. He's a really, really tricky one. Not only is he a tricky one, he's our tricky one. He is our tricky one. That is true. And then a play that I would sit this week. Um, hmm, it's This is kind of tough. I mean, there are a lot of good matchups here. James Robinson is a really good pick. Um, Mike Davis, I would probably sit just because. It's a fine shout. That's a Tampa, fine shout. Tampa Bay is, in, is a really good rush defense. And, and Matt are, Ryan could be drawing the ball 50 times. Yeah, the Falcons aren't running the ball in this game. Yeah. It's just not happening. Yeah, I think it's a good shout with Mike Davis. And I have one more. Um, whomever the starter is for Las Vegas, whether it's Josh Jacobs, who is looking like a doubt to play in this matchup, or Kenyon Drake, whomever it is, sit him against Pittsburgh. Yep. All right. So moving on to receivers. Yep. Interesting stuff going on here at receiver. Who do you have as your start of the week? Uh, start of the week for me, I'm going with DK Metcalf. 
against the Tennessee Titans. I just think that this is, you know, one week goes to Lockett, another week goes to DK. I think this is a DK week, and that's who I'm going with. I'm going with DK having a monster week against his old college teammate, A.J. Brown. Uh, sit of the week for me, this is going to be a little con- a little controversial. I'm going with Amari Cooper as my sit of the week against the Los Angeles Chargers. I know he just had a monster game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but a matchup waits with Chris Harris, a true shutdown shadow corner. That's one I would love to avoid if possible. I know it might, might not be easy for a lot of people, but I think that that's one I would def- I would definitely be tempering expectations for, and I would not be starting him in DFS. There's that a chance that Amari Cooper is going to be in any DFS lineup for me this week. And for a sleeper for the week, I'm going same game with that one. I'm going with Mike Williams going up against Dallas. That's one that I see. I kind of think could be a fruitful one. Uh, another deep ish sleeper would be Hollywood Brown going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Interesting. Um, my favorite play of the week is it's another tough one. A lot of good matchups here. Debo Samuel. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, can you? No, he's no. Philadelphia, their defense looked good last week. Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel, though, was a top 20 play for me. Oh, who are you? I have I have to rank them as they are. And no Debo Samuel is Debo Samuel is a top 20 guy, whereas Brandon Ayuk is a top 50 guy. You know, it, it just it, it's sad. I hate it, but that is uh, that's the name of the game. Well, honestly, with the news with Brandon Ayuk, I don't even fucking know anymore. Um, he is someone that should be left on benches until further notice. I just don't. What did he do? Um, there are reports that he was um, well, out no, past curfew. Yeah, late for curfew. But like that, it seems like a very, you know, you get benched for a game. Cool. That's a punishment. But he's basically being thrown into the dog. He's like, this is like in soccer when you get forced to train with the academy players when you yeah, put in a transfer request it's not good not good at all especially for anybody who drafted brandon ayuk in the fourth round yeah me i drafted him too not a fun time no nope. um honestly i don't want to do another bears player again but i would pick out i would pick alan robinson for this week going up against cincinnati the start of the week yep yeah. Uh, it's a fine shout. It's a fine shout. Can't hate you on that one. I mean, the Rams guys. I've got. I look to start them too. Yep. You know, it's a one thing actually. Before we move on to uh, my sit of the week, and then going on to tight ends and defenses, the Colts in season hard knocks. It's basically a um, all or nothing. Yeah, all or nothing. I like it. I like it. It's fun. Should be interesting. And it's different. It's different. I think the uh, the traditional hard knocks was kind of running a bit stale. Yeah. Well, I think so people, now. I mean, HBO saw the success of 
or nothing with, you know, Tottenham and Man City. And, you know, they just they have the, the Maple Leafs documentary coming out. And soon to be Arsenal. Yes. Because who wouldn't want to see the Arsenal football club after the first three matches of their season? Yeah, that would be, oh boy. It will be. It will be, oh boy. Well, I mean, that's what I'm, as a, as the Leafs being my kind of second team, I'm kind of, I'm very interested to see that documentary. Oh, it'll be good. It'll be good. It's like watching, it's like playing Halo Reach because you know that, that the ending is going to be terrible. Yes. True. True. You know, you know, it's like watching a sports movie and then you know that they're going to lose at the end. You, you just have that inkling. It's the worst. You have that inkling that that's that it's going to be terrible. It's like torture for Leafs fans. It too, is because it you're, is. they're gonna like really upsell the fact that oh this is different. It's different this year. This team's really good. We have good veteran players. Oh yeah, different. Matthews and Marner are gonna score in the playoffs this time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sure. We're not gonna have a catastrophic injury to Jake Muzzin. Nope. And also John Tavares. No, everything everything that can go wrong won't go wrong because everything's gonna go right. We're it's gonna make fine. sure. Harold, ba- Harold, Ballard, Harold Ballard died like twenty years ago. It's fine. Kyle Dubas is going to make sure that everything goes right. And then it suddenly didn't. Anyway, exactly. Uh, my sit for the week is, I think that, I mean, he's on my team, but, and I think I I basically have to start him. Because I don't know, I don't have too much depth on my on my team, but Corlin Sutton, I I just want to see it. I want to see something from him. Even though Jerry Jerry Judy is going to be out, um, you still have Tim Patrick there. You still have KJ Hamler and Noah Fant. Um, I just want to see what that situation is, and I'm not going to take as much. Of, I mean, I hate. If you have to, then you have to. Again, but, I, I just I just think this is a secondary that was torn up by Tyrod Taylor last week, and I I would be chomping at the bit to be playing anybody against Jacksonville right now. Yeah. Well, like I said, I drafted him as my second receiver, so I have to pay. I have to play him. Yeah. I don't, I so, me personally, I don't think it's that bad of a play. I mean. And then for, yeah, and for a sleeper, like I dropped him in the seventh round. So like, you know, you gotta. Um, as far as sleepers, I like Jalen Rieger going up against the Niners. Jalen Rieger had a big week. That's fair. Yeah, that's a good play. And considering that I have to bench uh, Brandon Ayuk because, because of uh, crimes against the team. Maybe against Jalen humanity. Rieger is a guy. <laughs> Maybe, uh, I believe they they have a word for that. It's called travesty of the game or travesty to the game. True, something like that. True, like he's he's the only guy that's ever missed curfew. Yeah, I mean, Des Bryant had had a whole set of laws because because of that. That is true. That is the true. Des he rules. Did, he did have the Des rules. That's that's ridiculous. Can you imagine? No. No, Can you no, imagine? I cannot. Here's the crazy thing about sports. And I swear we're going to get back to tight. We're going to get to tight ends. But the crazy thing about sports is that so much stuff happens 
and you imagine you try to imagine it happening in a normal workplace and you're like what the fuck this is like ridiculous this is inhumane mm-hmm. can you imagine you're, at, you're just at your job and then you have to like have a bodyguard following you like be around you and make sure you get in your house on it is time? a matter it is a matter of teams trying to protect their bad apples trying to protect their investments yeah and it, like everybody's salary is publicized in the news. Exactly. And everybody knows what everybody, everybody knows what everybody else is making. Basically. True. I mean, I know and how much you're making. Kind of. Multimillionaire. Oops. Multi-millionaire. I sh- sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't have said that. I I'm not making multimillion. I wish. Don't we all? All right. So moving on to tight ends here. Mm-hmm. Um, we just dropped him, but I mean, Robert Tunyon is a good start. If somebody's got to catch the ball, someone has to. Devontae, I guess. Besides Devontae Adams, yes, sure. Who's your favorite start of the week? Uh, for me, if I if I had to pick one, I would go with Tyler Higby. Going with Indianapolis, another why. one, another one, Cole Komet. Going up against Cincinnati, see, I like that one a whole lot. He could even be classified as a sleeper, so to speak. It's like a top 15 play for me in the position. Um, sit for me. I'm going with Janu against the Jets. Again, it, I'm just hopping back on the Patriots bandwagon, but this time it's for a bad reason. I would sit Janu. I would sit both of the New England tight ends, really, against uh, against the New York Jets. And then a sleeper tight end, if you want to call Cole Clement, you can. Uh, another sleeper tight end, though, for me would be Jared Cook going up against Dallas. Yeah, well, the thing about Janu also is that he was added to the injury report with a hip issue yep. on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I we'll would say that, I would say that if one is out, if one is out, so if Janu misses the game for whatever reason, then Hunter Henry becomes a bit more viable. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we said during draft time, which was that, uh, well, not even during draft time, like after these two guys were signed in free agency, was that when one goes down, the other one gets more powerful or more startable. Yes. And this is the same exact case that I need to be reminding the people about. The people people need to understand that if – Jonu is out. Hunter Henry becomes a viable start. I wouldn't say that he's a must start. I wouldn't say he's a guy that you be, are rushing to start. But is he someone that you absolutely could start? Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, just re- saying that this is not coming out of the blue for us. We've been talking about this for a while. So if you're an avid listener of the podcast, first of all, thank you for doing that. True. And second of all, you know, you know what we're going to say. True. Um, for me, as far as like uh, good starts here, I know that I said that Corlin Sutton, I'm not crazy about, but I do like Noah Fant going up against Jacksonville, just because he's a he's a solid tight end. I mean, let's just let's just pour on the uh, play anybody against Jacksonville's uh, bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I mean, Jacksonville. Oof. Good lord. And. Um, 
Bird's going to hate me for this, but honestly, Kyle Pitts going up against Tampa Bay in a game where the Falcons are going to be throwing a ton. I have no objections. Oh, well, this is a new one. I have no objections to it. I, okay. I, I really don't. The, the, the logic is there. Yes. I'm not just saying start Kyle Pitts because he's the best tight end ever that there ever was. No, no, you're saying you're saying start Kyle Pitts because he's going to get every opportunity in the world, especially in garbage time. This could be another garbage time situation. Absolutely. And we love garbage time. Absolutely. We really, really do. Love ourselves some garbage time. And a guy that I don't really like, and I think a lot of people are in the same boat because Mike Kosicki has been dropped, has been dropping like flies off of teams. Um, it's Mike Kosicki. Well, after a zero catch, zero catch performance last week. Yeah, that's one. That's one that I would be looking to stay away from, but I would monitor it though, because I doubt we see Mike Kosicki have another zero catch game. Well, I don't think it's going to be zero catches, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. You would like you you would also like to avoid him going up against Buffalo. Yes, I mean, looking at ESPN's ranks of like their projected scores, I can count at least ten tight ends, thirteen tight ends. I just counted thirteen tight ends ahead of Mike Kosicki currently. It's fair. I mean, I I have sixteen that are better than Kosicki, so. I'm lower on Kasiki than the consensus. Then the consensus is there. We go. There you go. Honestly, it works both ways. That sentence. Yeah, I, I, I just would love to. I would love to avoid Kasiki if at all possible. All right, and uh, last but not least, defenses. This one is the most fun, I think. Um, who's your favorite start for defenses? Now we're talking, are we talking about favorite start out of all the defenses? Are we talking about out of qualified defenses, like 70% owned? Like, okay, well, okay. Fair enough. This is different. So who's your favorite stream defense? Cause you're going to be start If you drafted a defense, a good defense, then you're starting that defense, but who's your favorite defense to stream? Uh, if I had to pick a stream defense for the week, um, I know the mo- the popular one is to go out and say Green Bay, but mm, not for me. Not after last week. No, thank you. Uh, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. I think that's one, even though they're going to Carolina, even though they're playing Christian McCaffrey, I still think that there is turnover potential from the New Orleans Saints defense. Got to remember, Carolina has Sam Donald, the quarterback. He only... He only beat the Jets last week, so it's not necessarily anything impressive. But not by a lot either. No, not by a lot. So there, there, there could be some turnover potential for the New Orleans Saints. That's one that I like. Another streamer. They had a great, great week last week, and I think it could continue with the Arizona Cardinals. That's one that I really like. And if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna really be picky here. The Cleveland Browns defense as well could be one that I uh, go out of my way to try and pick up and then start. Okay. Um, team playing Jacksonville Jaguars, the Broncos defense. 
Yep. I'm starting them in my on my team, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I like. I think they're a good start against Jacksonville. I um, would say they are a very good start. As much as I hate saying this, you know how good Bill Belichick is against rookie quarterbacks. It is well noted how good you know, Bill Belichick is against rookie quarterbacks. It is well although, noted. This is very similar to 2009 when Mark Sanchez was a rookie where the Jets played the Patriots in week two. And it was, it was a big game. Actually, it was the same kind of scheduling format because we played the NFC South that year and the Jets ended up sinking into the playoffs. True. True. And they shut out the Bengals in week 17 and then beat the Bengals again in the wildcard game. That was a thing. Fun year. Fun year. Fun year. No, yeah, we beat the Patriots in week two at home. It was great. Oh, it was fantastic. And then we beat the Patriots in week two at home again the year after. Which was fantastic. Which was fantastic. All right, so do you want to um, you want to set our lineup for the call? Correct. Let's do it. So, I don't know if there is like a anything that's super controversial this week. I kind of think like there are, are in a lot of spots the lineup does kind of make itself. Um, so right now the lineup that we have in it is Justin Herbert, Derek Henry, DeAndre Swift, who's questionable, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Robbie Anderson, Tyler Higby. Corey Davis, the Rams defense, Jason Sanders on our bench right now is Clyde, Javante Williams, Jamal Williams, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Jerry McNichols, Latavius Murray, and Gabriel Davis. I know that the one lineup decision that you did without me looking was taking out Clyde for DeAndre Swift. Correct. And I understand completely. Correct, because I think that's one that we would have done on, on together. Yeah. And plus, you always love to have a stake in the Monday night game. Monday night delight, baby. See, I, me personally, I just think whomever the starter is for Detroit, I think that's one that I'm okay with. Well, that's the other thing is because if DeAndre, because we're not going to know with DeAndre Swift until probably Saturday or Sunday yeah. even. Mm-hmm. So we have Swift and Williams. So whichever one's out, we can put the other one in. Correct. And then they and then we're good. We're solid. We're not going to be caught with our pants down. Correct. If we start DeAndre Swift and he doesn't play. Bingo. I, mean, I, don't, I do not want to be caught with our uh, with our pants down. I no. will say, however, Adam, and this this is something that we could uh, we can discuss right now. The Rams defense goes up against Tom Brady next week. So we could very easily try and beat the waiver wire here and pick up a defense for next week. And there's one defense that is sitting right here that is worth our time. It is the Arizona Cardinals who are going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars next week. I see. So we could beat the waiver wire on that one, pick up the Cardinals defense, get rid of Gabriel Davis for now, 
but know that we have a backup defense ready to go for next week and we don't have to start the Rams. What about Carolina going to Houston? (sighs) Potentially. I mean, I would love to avoid it if at all possible, just because the Carolina defense sucks. Okay, so Cardinals defense it is. There aren't really any other good plays No, as there far aren't. as right now. There aren't, which is why I think it's probably a good idea to just beat the waiver wire on this one. Uh, so we're going to drop Gabriel Davis. That's the move? That's the move. Okay, so let's pick up the Cardinals defense. So we have our defense in play for next week. We have that pretty much locked up. That's good to know for uh, for some other leagues that – um, I can go pick up the Cardinals defense. Probably not a bad idea to try and go beat that waiver wire. Um, but then outside of that, outside of that with uh, leaving Clyde out, is that is that a move that we want to do? Oh, I mean, leaving Javante Williams out, is that a move that we want to do as well? Well, yes, because it seems like Javante Williams hasn't, quote unquote, won the job yet. Okay. It's, it still seems like Melvin Gordon's the leader of the committee. All right. Even though right. Javante Williams has a lot of upside still, like, you know, you're still like, you, you know, we got 14 carries. That's great. But it just seems more like uh, Melvin Gordon is the guy. And also Javante Williams did nothing for you in PPR. True. True. He did less Very than true. nothing. Actually, he had <laughs> negative four yards receiving. He did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. Um, all right. So then I think we're, we're good to go with the, uh, with the call and we have our lineup, uh, set in stone. So I can do this from memory. It is Herbert, Derek Henry, Deandre Swift, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Robbie Anderson, Tyler Higby, Corey Davis, Rams D Jason Sanders. That is correct. I Absolutely perfect. So sick from memory. I'm so sick. I'm so good at this. Yep, you're the best. That's me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes where you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you next week on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.